Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of The Drop. We are live on YouTube as well as the ESPN app and Facebook. And we are talking about the All-Star Game that has just concluded. I'm Ardo Ocal here in Bristol, Connecticut, and you see Mr. Puck Daddy himself, as he is still known on all ESPN bet platforms, Greg Wyshynski in Toronto. Buddy, how has the week been in my hometown? You know, it's been actually great. I don't know, man. Like, I've talked to a lot of people that were like, we should just hold the All-Star Game here in Toronto every year which I don't think the players would be down for. I like the, I think they like the beach in Vegas occasionally, but it's hard to argue with the results. I mean, the draft was fun. The, you had some real hockey-centric celebrities. The skills competition, which we'll talk a lot about, I think, on this show with McDavid's revamp, uh, was pretty successful. Some tweaks needed, but pretty successful. And then today, this All-Star game, competitive. They cared. <laughs> they cared a lot. So, I mean, the people that say Toronto brings out the best in the All-Star game might have some ample evidence of that fact after this weekend. Those of, those of you watching us live right now on YouTube, feel free to be active in the comments. We'll get to as many of your questions about the All-Star game or all of the news. It was a news-heavy week in the NHL. The NHL players are back at the Olympics. So much more to dive into. So ask your questions. We'll get to them. Wish, just hang on a second while I take everybody through the highlights. If you're watching uh, in video, you can watch the highlight along. If you're listening to the podcast, I apologize. Just envision what happened in this final game between Team Matthews and <laughs> Team McDavid. In the second period, it was 4-3 thanks to the mustachioed one, Philip Forsberg, who was a force in this game he finds the back of the net there team Matthews of course uh, representing the city of Toronto well all Toronto Maple Leafs players on this team there's a one-timer for AM 34 Austin Matthews who is the leading scorer in goals in the NHL I loved that dynamic between Boston Bruins coach Jim Montgomery who was coaching team Matthews and Justin Bieber who wore that incredible jacket uh, who wore it better, him or Toad from Nintendo? That remains to be seen. But I will say this, Wish, uh, like, to your point, the, the players cared. Maybe it was the million dollars. Maybe it was just the fact that the hoopla of it all being in Toronto and the team selected the way they were. But you're right. The, the players cared, Wish. Yeah, I think they, they had their names on the teams. They had a little bit of pride. There was a moment in those first couple of games where we were wondering if maybe Connor McDavid was just going to take the money and run. He got his billion. Who needs anything else? And then, like, the last 90 seconds of that first McDavid game was, like, some of the best hockey of the month. Uh, well, I mean, it is a new month, but you know what I'm trying to say, of the year. Uh, so I was really, really impressed with how much buy-in there was. You could tell there was a lot of guys that cared. Even, dare I say it, on All-Star Game Day, even Nikita Kucherov cared, Arda. Yeah, and that was definitely a theme of the week, Nikita Kucherov and uh, his maybe lack of caring or whatever you want to call it during the skills competition. <laughs> Hold that thought because I also want to mention for those of you watching on YouTube right now, we have a poll going on on who you believe your MVP was. We know that Austin Matthews won the MVP when it was all said and done, but who your MVP, 67%, he's leading right now, David Pasternak at 18%, Clayton Keller at 15 But Wish, I want to go to this right now. 
let's talk about how we will view this All-Star game in the years to come. If we were to put the top five moments in a time capsule from this All-Star game, the All-Star festivities throughout the last several days, what would your top five be, Wish? Well, number five for me, Arda, has to be, as we mentioned earlier, the Nikita Kucherov of it all. Uh, on Skills Competition Day, a model of apathy, called out by our own John Buchegras for not being into the passing competition, <laughs> soaking in the booze from the crowd, not only because of the history between the Lightning and the Leafs, but also because they didn't like the lack of effort that carried over All-Star Game Day. And lo and behold, he actually put in some effort, but leaned into the villainy, leaned into the whole thing, Really one of the most memorable things about All-Star Weekend was the guy who looked like he didn't want to be at All-Star Weekend. So that's number five. And number four, Justin Bieber wish. Great choice. Dude, dreams do come true for young puckheads. Justin Bieber was obviously a captain of Team Matthews. He was the biggest celebrity here at All-Star Weekend. Caused a stir wherever he went or whatever he wore. But at the heart of it, Arda, at the heart of it, it was the chance for Justin Bieber to take warm-ups with his team at the All-Star Game. It was awesome. He was out there skating and shooting. Everybody wanted to take their picture with him. Truly one of the most memorable moments of any celebrity interaction at the All-Star Game with Justin Bieber skating out there with the boys. The celebrities overall, in my opinion, A+, plus, 10 out of 10, no notes. I love the celebrity involvement and interaction. We'll get to more of that in a little bit. Number three, Connor McDavid giving himself a million bucks. Dude. The man who redesigned the skills competition ended up winning the skills competition. If, when I was in college, if the professor said to me, hey, Greg, write a test with your own questions, guess what I'd get on it? An A+. This is exactly what happened with McDavid. <laughs> he changed the skills competition. He won the skills competition. Arda, I don't know what money laundering really looks like, but I have a feeling it looks a little bit like designing a competition that you win a million dollars in. Uh, there's the trophy, by the way, which was not uh, addressed at all. Uh, it looks kind of cool. There's money on top of a skate. Uh, it was not touched. It was not referenced whatsoever. I will say this, though, Wish. Uh, if I were asked to design an entire competition where a million dollars was on the line and I could also win that million dollars, I, too, would choose events that I was awesome at. Absolutely. And also the thing about that trophy, like ridicule it all you want. It passes the basic trophy test, Arda, of can you drink out of it? That's more than we can say for the World Cup trophy they had in 2016. I like this trophy. I think it's great. Also because it had American money in it, which is even better. So number two, going back to our celebrity captains, Will Arnett and Michael Bublé, Justin Bieber, Tate McRae, great casting. But Michael Bublé might take the cake in terms of quotes from the entire All-Star festivities. And here is why set social media ablaze. My buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms and he was lying. So I'll be honest, I thought I was in Blades of Glory for most of the time that I was out there until it sort of settled down and then I realized, holy I am at the NHL All-Star Game. I, I love it, Wish. 
You know, Arda, they got rid of the NHL All-Star Fantasy Draft because they didn't like the players drinking, and they bought it back only to have the celebrity captains on mushrooms. Like, it was a big miscalculation on their part. But, dude, his reputation as one of the coolest people involved in hockey is cemented. By the way, shout out to celebrity captain Tate McRae, probably my favorite all-star musical performance since the Hives in Atlanta. That's how far we have to go back, Arda. Yeah, it, we, we, Tate McRae, like I said, all the celebrities did. Will Arnett was great during interviews. Tate McRae in the performances. Justin Bieber, kid in a candy store. Uh, and, and Michael Buble, of cor course, with all of the quotes. And he loved it too. I mean, he was, he was making hockey jokes. He was making jokes that the hockey world would appreciate. Of course, I would expect nothing less from a co-owner of a WHL team, the Vancouver Giants. He certainly loves his hockey. But we get to number one, Greg Wyshynski, and it's all about the players. It is. I mean, like, what do we always say about the All-Star game, folks? We say the players don't care. The players don't want to be there. And, you know, some of them, like, there's more than one Kucherov every year at the All-Star game, right? This year, for whatever reason, they cared a lot. They were engaged during the draft. They definitely cared during the revamped skills competition where that limited field made the competition feel more real and, and more intense. Uh, and they certainly cared during the All-Star Game three-on-three tournament. Much to our surprise, those games got really intense. There was defense played. Still no hitting, but defense played. There was a lot on the line beyond pride. And I gotta tell you, if I tuned in to watch a bunch of people going through the motions, I would be shocked to find out how good the competition actually was. I'm as cynical as anybody. I really enjoyed this competition today at the All-Star Game. Uh, the All-Star festivities are always fun, and it's also off the ice that hockey fans get to experience things they don't normally get to see during the normal course of a week or watching the NHL on television, including the Fan Fest, which is always a great time, and there's always a lot to see. Our own Greg Wyshynski had a chance to check it out. Here is his report. I'm at the NHL Fan Fest, which is its usual orgy of spawn con and fun skills competitions for the kids to play. So I'm gonna to present to you now the top five coolest things that I saw at the 2024 NHL All-Star Fan Fest. Number one, this thing from home grounds. It's a shooting competition, and it's one of the cooler things I've ever seen here. So it's your whole, like, Sidney Crosby grew up shooting stuff in a dryer type situation. In fact, you have sh shot number one, the dryer, shot number two, laundry basket. Shot number three, the uh, hot water heater, which you probably don't want to hit too hard because they cost a lot to replace. Shot number four, I don't know, the floor, I guess. And shot number five, a snowboard in the back. Please do not hit the bubble hockey game. Very cool of the Hockey Hall of Fame to bring the Stanley Cup here so the people of Toronto can finally get close to it. All right, number two, it's an engraving thing. You get your name etched on something. In fact, you get your name etched on these things. It's like keychains and bracelets and all sorts of things. That being said, I really thought that you could get your name etched on one of these, one of these fake Stanley Cups, which would have been pretty cool. And in fact, a little piece of free advice for the NHL, let people put their names on the Stanley Cup. You'd sell a million of them. Number three is this truly seltzer thing. It doesn't really have a lot to do with hockey, but it's pretty dope. So you stand at this thing and it takes your picture and you pick your background and whatever and you stand there and you look at the circle and the whole thing. And then eventually a can pops out of this conveyor belt with your picture on it. That's me on a can of truly. 
Number four, it wouldn't be the All-Star Fan Fest without the official merchandise store. Look, we've talked about these jerseys a lot. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't like the yellow ones. I do like the blue ones, the white ones or whatever. But I am a big fan of the names on the bottom. Sorry, play-by-play -play guys. It's a really cool look. But here's the thing, if you don't like these jerseys, you can go old school. Look at this, Wales, Campbell, Wales, Campbell, Bring me back to when I was like 10 years old, pretending that the All-Star game meant something, and all these guys actually hated each other instead of being friends and training with each other. Finally, number five. You know what the All-Star game lacks usually? It lacks art, like real art, like the kind of art that stirs your soul. But not this All-Star game. This All-Star game has a giant Bauer hockey glove with a Cheeto being held in it and the cheese gets all over the fingers. Ladies and gentlemen, that truly is an all-star experience. That Cheetos Bauer glove got a lot of play on social media. <laughs> Speaking of merchandise, I got some thanks to the NHL and Biebs for putting the umlaut on my O there. Uh, also the ESPN marketing department. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, listen, Wish, let's talk about uh, the winners, losers, so to speak, of the all-star. We're going to play a game called Did This work and we're going to start with you pick something that worked from the all-star game the skills competition worked you know uh I, I, listen i'm a huge fan of some of the goofy stuff i covered the dunk tank last year i covered the shot the shootout on the bellagio fountains but the players weren't always into it and i think it was time to reorient it back to hockey skills and, you know, give credit to Connor McDavid, give credit to Steve Mayer from the NHL. What they came up with really engaged these guys. And again, I know not everybody is a huge fan of limiting the field to 12 players. It means your favorite player from your favorite team isn't in the skills competition. But as a television product and as an in-arena experience, the limited field had more investment in those players. We're following them through different events. And in the end, it really did make, I think, the skills competition work in a way that it hasn't in a long time. Agree 100% there. I'm going to add what worked for me, the celebrity involvement. I've said it previously uh, a couple minutes ago. I really, like, look at Justin Bieber. You could tell this is a dream come true for him. He's been in previous events. I mean, the Chris Pronger photo is one of the most famous hockey photos ever, right? Him pinned up against the boards. Tate McRae with the performances. Uh, that was great. Uh, Will Arnett, he was charismatic and entertaining throughout the entire week. And then, of course, you got Michael Buble, who was making hockey bubble jokes, you know, that the hockey fan would appreciate, and also the sound quotes, sound bites, etc. I thought the celebrities chosen uh, was a home run, A+, and I want to see more of that because it's only positive for the world of hockey. Let's talk about what didn't work, Wish. What are you picking? Okay, we got the skills competition down. We, we're, we're, we're back at it. Everybody's involved. Everybody's invested. We, we got to maybe turn up the entertainment a little bit, okay? Maybe a little bit of pyro. Maybe some glowing stuff. I'll give you two examples. One, they had the goalie competition, the one-on-one -on -one thing, which was awesome when the players picked the goalies they wanted to shoot against. They had one-point pucks and two-point pucks. Make the two-point pucks a different color. It's just like the money ball and the three-point competition in the NBA. And then the other thing was... You had to explain the events a little bit better. Here in the arena, during that obstacle course at the end, which was a lot of fun, we needed like a CGI run-through to let us know what we were looking at. We didn't get it. No one really knew what was going on. A little bit more education and definitely more pyro, and I think we've really got ourselves a skills competition. So I'm going to add to the more pyro and just more theatrics in general. That's what I wanted from the draft. 
We didn't see any trades. We didn't see any drama. We really just saw the captains picking their buddies or their teammates. Now, maybe we should have seen that coming, hindsight being 2020. And and you actually tweeted that you talked to Austin Matthews afterwards, and he was trying to orchestrate this incredible trade situation where Mitch Marner would have been picked by Team Hughes and there would have been, like, conversations happening. That's the stuff that I wanted to see, Wish. And unfortunately, we didn't get enough of that in the draft specifically. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just not being hip to the rules or just trying to be overwhelmed by the moment. I, I talked to some people uh, here at the All-Star Game that said, look, the, the draft's great, and I think the players really like it. But again, you're still talking about putting them in a situation where they're talking and joking in front of like 17,000 people on the ice. Maybe it's time for us to kind of just do this as a pre-taped event, edit it a little bit allow them to be a little bit more relaxed in their own environment. I know you can't sell 17,000 tickets to that, but I do think that it might make them a little bit more engaged and willing to take chances on trades and things like that in the future. Yeah, I did like the final round, too, where we sort of circumvented the lone person. You know, I'm the last pick, the Phil Kessel position, I suppose, uh, from the last draft. Uh, there, as I alluded to earlier, there was a lot of hockey news that came out of this week. The Olympic participation by the NHL players is back. 2026 and 2030, those Olympic Winter Games will be including NHL players. Not only that, next season in 2025, there will be a Four Nations face-off. Next February, the United States, Canada, Finland, and Sweden will all be participating. Commissioner Gary Bettman was on the point on Friday, and he essentially laid out what he believes to be the roadmap. He said 2025, Four Nations Cup, 2026, Olympics, 2020. Uh, seven off 2028 World Cup of Hockey, 2029 off 2030 the uh, Olympics, and it would essentially be a two-year uh, thing. What was your reaction to the NHL players being back at the Olympics, Wish? <laughs> Relief. <laughs> I mean, like, every time we start doing this dance, you worry it's going to fall apart. But I do think it's going to be different this time for the very reason that you said, which is that Olympic participation is part of a larger plan of international tournaments, which are going to make the NHL money. Look, again, they don't get much from the IOC in this situation. I, I am happy to hear that there's going to be maybe a content deal where they're going to have a little bit more of Olympic stuff, maybe highlights uh, that they can keep on their websites after the tournament's over, that kind of thing. But they don't make any money off it, right? But they do make money off the World Cup and out of the Four Nations Cup. So the fact that we have these events you know, Four Nations, Olympics, World Cup Olympics, World Cup Olympics, that kind of thing, makes me a little bit more confident that it's actually going to happen. And also, shout out to Marty Walsh and the NHLPA, because, you know, Marty, since he took over this job last year, has told me this is the biggest issue for the players, is international play, is the chance to represent their countries again. And he got everybody together, the principals, and he got, you know, helped try to figure out how to get things paid for, the insurance, the travel, things of that nature. Shout out to the NHL for, for you know, laying out this international calendar. The combination of those two things helped us get to that point over the weekend where we are now looking forward to a return to the Olympics in 2026, which is extraordinarily exciting as an American, Arda. Yeah, I know. We've talked a lot about that on this show in Canada <laughs> and its possible woes. 
when we get to best on best. Wish, I wanted to get your thoughts on one thing in particular that I found interesting that the commissioner said on the point. He seemed to, uh, like, a situation does exist where there could be an all-star game during the year of Olympic competition, almost as if the all-star game could be a sort of send-off before the Olympic Games occur. What do you make of that situation, that scenario, and how do you think it'll play out? Well, it's actually what they tried to do before the Beijing Games, which the NHL, if you remember, didn't go to because of the, the COVID cancellations during the season. They wanted to do an all-star game, I think, in Vegas and then have the players fly over to China after that. So it's kind of something they wanted to do. Look, there, there are television partners that want to do all-star games. Uh, the NHL clearly likes to have these events for, you know, revenue purposes and, and sponsors and everybody else. So, you know, there's going to be an all-star game. Uh, I, I guess the year of the Olympics in 2026, we'll see if it happens. The players obviously have to agree to it, but uh, that's the plan is, you know, none next year because we're going to take a year off for the four nations tournament, which will run in February and then bring it back maybe as a, uh, as a fond farewell before they all ship out to Italy. Great reporting as always from wish on site. He actually had a chance to speak with a lot of players during all-star week. And one of the hot topics of conversation as we all know, hockey players have one or two or five or ten or a hundred superstitions. A plethora of NHL players answered Wish's questions about said superstitions. Let's have a listen. On a scale of one to ten, how superstitious are you? Uh, routine, I would call it. Probably like seven. Seven? Yeah. yeah. What, what is, is there one superstition that you have that you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many. Um, yeah, I like to like wear the same socks, I guess, if we, if we won or play well, I guess, something like that. So if you were ever the Oilers streak, that'd be kind of gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not really superstitious. Uh, I like to just, you know, go with the flow, kind of, and see what happens. Uh, say, uh, a one? Come on, you're an athlete. You don't have superstitions. Trust my abilities. Makes <laughs> sense. Eight, eight to nine. Really? Pretty, pretty superstitious. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of a lot of things that that I do that you know are exactly the same. What's one of your day to day ones? I guess just the time I I, I leave my house at <laughs> for for games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just always at the same time. Love it. I don't like to use the word superstition, more routine. Uh, <laughs> probably like five. So, I, like, I have to put everything on my left side first. And I still can't touch the ice after I tape it. I can't touch the ground after I tape it. But other than that, if, but, if, but I'm not crazy. Like if my stick touches the ground, I'm not going to go routine. And by that, you're not. You're a five then, because you won't go crazy if it happens, yeah. right? Okay. So I'm right in the middle. If you went crazy, you'd be like a six oh, yeah, or seven. Sure. Right. Anything over five is crazy. There you go. On a scale of one to ten. How superstitious are you? Five. I'll, I'll hit the middle. I think, I don't know if I'm superstitious, it's kind of more routines, but I, I just do it all the time, so I don't know if it's superstition, but I, I'll say like I'm the, like between. That's what Petrano said. He said, I'm not superstitious, it's just a routine. Yeah, it's just routine. They're different? Yeah. Isn't a routine just a superstition? Yeah, it's probably both, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. I guess I have a lot of routines. I guess if the routines kicks in, Probably uh, eight, nine, but superstitious, I'm probably pretty low, probably around a four there. This is the most fascinating thing because Hurdle and Petrano both told me it's not superstition, it's routine. Yeah, because if I don't have it, it's not like I'm 
breaking down because of it or something. I'll, I can I can change that as superstition if you like it or something that you just can't live without. So I guess it's more of a routine to get yourself in the right stage. Uh, finally, scale of one to ten, how superstitious are you? I guess negative two. You're a goalie though. And How's that possible? That's why. Maybe that's why I'm superstitious because I'm not superstitious. <laughs> Great stuff there, Wish. As I mentioned, there was a lot of hockey news this week. Let's dive into it, my friend. The LA Kings, Todd McClellan, they have parted ways. What did you make of the Kings and the timing of their head coaching change? A bit surprising, to be honest with you, that it happened over All-Star Weekend, um, but they are plummeting. They, they needed to do something. They've got a lot invested in this team, both financially and trying to, you know, maximize the window to win with Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty uh, later in their careers. So a bit of a, maybe a panicky move, but but one that clearly GM Rob Blakes feels is the thing that he needs to do to turn this team around. And remember, at the start of the season, we were talking about this team as possible cup favorites and the depth that they have, and they were off to a strong start, and then they're stumbling, and now this change, I mean, look at the Edmonton Oilers, it could certainly uh, light that fire again to make the LA Kings a playoff team firmly once again. How about the fact that Sean Monahan, speaking of playoff teams, wish traded to the Winnipeg yeah. Jets? Your reaction? Yeah, Elias Lindholm goes to Vancouver. Sean, Sean Monahan goes to Winnipeg. Tumbleweeds on deadline day, Arda. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good acquisition for the Jets. Obviously, after Lindholm went, uh, they had to turn somewhere else. They were very much in on Lindholm before he went to Vancouver. So Monahan is a great backup plan. Obviously, a, a career resurrection with Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Rick Bonus told me he likes Monahan off the ice as a character guy, someone who fits really well into their locker room. Of course, please do remember why they needed a second line center in Winnipeg, which is because they traded away Pierre Luc Dubois to the Kings, yeah. who, of course, just fired their coach because of Pierre Luc Dubois' lack of production. Yeah, that's uh, quite the story there if you're following along and trying to connect the dots. I will, I will also say there's nothing boring about Sean Monahan joining the Winnipeg Jets who uh, solidify their case as being a solid cup contender. Absolutely, the city of Winnipeg loving it. What's going on, Wish, between NHLPA director Marty Walsh and the Arizona Coyotes? He, he went nuclear on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Walsh basically saying if there is not an arena plan by the end of the year that satisfies him, the Arizona Coyotes should relocate for next season. Uh, obviously, everybody knows Salt Lake City, very desirous to have an NHL team. Uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman said they want an expansion team. Uh, won't even address the idea of relocation, but Walsh basically trashed the Coyotes for not talking to the PA, trashed them for the arena situation, calling it a, just a bad business in the way they're being run, and, and basically saying, you know, those players deserve to play in an NHL arena, which, of course, Mullet Arena, where the Coyotes are playing for the foreseeable future, is not. Yeah, very crazy. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens because Gary Bettman and his availability, you know, the yearly all-star availability said, look, we are steadfast on staying in Arizona. We are confident that a solution will be found. Uh, but then you hear from the NHLPA side, uh, we, we, we need a solution well, there very, very soon. And what's interesting is that, you know, I think Utah wants an expansion team because, like, then you get an expansion draft, Arda. Like, look at the success for Vegas. Look at the success for Seattle. If you get the Coyotes, you get contracts. You get 
a lot of baggage. Like, I, I think if you're if you're Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, and you want to get an NHL team, of course you want an expansion team. You're more set up for success in the near term than if you get a relocated team. And also, all the cities that were mentioned, by the way, Cincinnati and Omaha coming off the top rope in <laughs> terms of teams that, uh, cities that suddenly are in the expansion race. And of course, the billion dollar price tag doesn't hurt either. All the owners getting a cut of that. A couple things before we say goodbye here. Uh, the, the YouTube, uh, Austin Matthews actually, uh, with a really cool moment here. We're showing it right now for those watching. Uh, a happy birthday moment uh, in, in partnership with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which this was cool. Yeah, Fanatics helped set it up with Make-A-Wish. Uh, really amazing moment. Austin Matthews surprising some special Make-A-Wish uh, guests here at All-Star Weekend. Uh, walking out, you could just hear them gasp as he walked out to greet them. And it's always good to see that side of players, the charitable side of players. We don't always get to see it. And obviously, Matthews uh, made their made their weekend with that surprise. Yeah, that you never tire of seeing things like this. Good on you, Austin Matthews. Uh, and the United by Hockey Museum. Uh, wish we made it, buddy. We made it. I made it finally. Look at me. Wow. Can't believe it. Yeah, and you're on the side of it and, and you're inside of it too. It's awesome. Congratulations to you, man. That museum is great. It's going to be moving around the country. I think it's also going to be a stadium series. Very much worth everybody's time to check it out but congratulations man. This is this is huge. This is like me having a rest stop in New Jersey named after me but a lot better. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Jeff Scott and everyone at the NHL for including me. I'm truly humbled and honored. I can't wait to see it at Stadium Series uh, in a couple of weeks. Before we say goodbye, Wish, uh, the YouTube comments are saying they botched the MVP. Was it Austin Matthews for you? It was Austin Matthews for me, I think. You know, I think overall, you usually have that home ice advantage. And, you know, he put, the, he put together the winning team along with GM Justin Bieber. So, I mean, what else can you say? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for watching us live here, whether you watched us live on YouTube or the SPN app or Facebook. If you're listening to us, wherever you get your podcasts, remember every Tuesday and Friday, that's when you'll get new editions of The Drop with myself and Greg Wyshynski. Thank you very much for checking us out. Hope you enjoyed the All-Star game. And we got a big slate of games coming up this week on the ESPN family of networks. We'll see you then.